Good day, everyone. For those of you who came in late, you're listening to Let's Washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad He said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy Injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe that this man cannot die The man come, the ghost who walks The man come, enemies beware The phantom's always there But you won't find the phantom Hey, we are the Chronicle Chamber team, and this is XBAN, the Fandom Podcast. Our website is chroniclechamber.com, and you can contact us via email at chroniclechamber at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us via YouTube, iTunes, all a plethora of Android apps, and hopefully one day we'll be allowed back on Facebook again. <laughs> this is episode 183, the Fru Crew Five Year Retrospective. My name is Steve. And I'm joined today by both fellas, Dan and Jermaine. G'day, fellas. How are you? G'day. Oh, we'll start with Dan. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. It's been a, a busy start to 2021 um, in the Phantom world and in the real world. And uh, so to take, um, you know, an evening out to talk Phantom, um, looking forward to it. Very good. And yourself, Jermaine? Yeah, no, good. Um, who cares about the real world? Uh, all that's important is the fandom world. Um, loving it. There's lots of stuff coming out, uh, lots of stuff to review, to discuss. And Facebook in their wisdom has decided to shut down one of the uh, better mediums in Facebook. Um, so that, that's put a bit of a spanner in the works, but we're working around with a couple of uh, different ideas and different solutions. So we'll still be on Facebook, but uh, it'll be slightly different. And hopefully... Um, the Australian government and Facebook will uh, start playing ball again and things can go back to normal. And, but all, as always, you can always bypass Facebook and just go directly to our website, chronoclechamber.com, yes. uh, and you won't miss anything there. Um, now, today, now, Jermaine was saying he's, he's excited about all the new products and stuff that, that are coming out, but today we're looking back. Today we're celebrating the five years of the Furry Crew releasing their first comic. And so we're going to touch upon what they've done great and maybe what they could, could have been improved on or might not have done quite so well, in our opinions anyway, and it's just our opinions. Um, plus, we'll try and play a, bit, a little bit of Nostradamus and uh, see what they, what they, ponder what they might do in the future. You ready well, there, fellas? Well, yeah, I, well, I think we had so much fun with the 85-year um, um, I'll look back at the yes. Phantom and uh, playing a bit of Nostradamus there. So it's uh, it's fun to do this one so quickly on the back of it and uh, yeah, look into the future again. So as, as Steve said, we're looking at um, the five years of the Fru Crew um, since um, since the team of Renee White and Glenn Ford um, took over, really. Um, and by way of a bit of history and a little bit, little bit of backstory, um, Fru, um, we all know, started in 1948 and for, was named after the, the four founders. Um, okay, here's a trivia question, gents. It's Forsyth, Richardson, name the other two. I knew Forsyth, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know E or W. <laughs> and you know what? Neither do I. I don't have the answer. So uh, if someone had liked to, I should have thought of that halfway through the question. I'm like, oh, no, I don't have the answer in case they don't have it. Um, Jermaine will find it quicker than I can get to the end of this, I'm sure. Anyway, um, we, the reason we know Forsyth and Richardson is they were the two that stuck around and saw that the uh, 
through publications through to the 1980s when they were joined by Jim Shepard, um, who uh, led a, a, a through renaissance at the time that we all enjoyed through the 90s. Um, he worked at the publication and, and owned it with his wife, Judith, until his death in April of 2013. And uh, certainly I remember feeling very, uh, very sad that evening when I'd heard about the death of Jim Shepard. Um, Judith uh, stuck around and, and um, basically kept the title running with the assistance of the, the Steve Shepherd, um, their son. And uh, there was lots of comments at the time about the appropriateness of the, the publication passing from father to son in the same way that the fandom does. And Steve, in his short time on the title, introduced a number of initiatives, such as establishing the free website, which has gone on to bigger and better things since then, um, started a license for posters and so did some of the early fruit um, covers and then moved on to more modern covers um, and I guess started the the ball rolling there for products outside um, just the comic book market um, and also established the replica series the countdown from 200 which some love and some hate um, and Steve did also start the process of improving their covers I think it's it's well um, understood that Jim Shepard's work on the covers had, had dipped a bit over the last five to ten years in the role Anyway, in 2014, Dudley Hogarth came in to replace Steve um, as the editor of the comics. And uh, then in December of 2015, um, and I forget, it must have been issue 1744, um, the message from the editor was from Judith Shepard, and she signed off basically and, and announced her retirement from Fru and uh, the close of her, of the Shepherd's dynasty, I suppose, with the company. And that was it. There was no news as to what was happening next. We didn't know. It was a dark, dark time uh, for Australian fandom fans because over that December and then January of 2016, there was no fandom comics and they'd been coming out every fortnight for all of our lives and suddenly we were without them. And so it was with much rejoicing in February of 2016 that uh, it was announced that Fru was starting again and we saw 1745 um, come out and uh, that had Jeremy McPherson's uh, image on the cover and it was the snake ring was the story and I remember that vividly with because that was the first new fandom comic we'd seen it was such a relief to see it um, and we have termed this new renaissance of Fru as the Frunaissance hard as that is to say and harder to spell but um, <laughs> I look forward to seeing that in the show notes Jermaine um, and you have found the answer to the E and the W from Fru. Uh, I'll give you the honour, Germ. Uh, so you got Ron Forsfire, Jim Richardson, Jack Eason, and Peter Watson. So there you go. A good trivia question. Um, if Fandom ever gets a run on hard quiz, I reckon that'll be one of the questions they ask. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us up to uh, the start of the Fru Crew in uh, 2016, uh, February 2016. Jim, can you tell us a little bit about who um, they are? Yeah, so we thought the Fru Crew is a, a name that we've kind of dubbed. So we thought we'll kind of dissect and um, tell you a little bit about who they are and what their kind of role. So you got Glenn Ford, who's probably the face of the Free Crew, I think is fair to say. Now, he's kind of like the inspiration. He's the one that's got all the ideas, the, the one that, that uh, finds the, the, the comic, the creators. He's kind of like the creative director. So I guess it would be equivalent of the Team Phantom Men type of person in the sense that all the stories go through him. He edits them. He spots them for any errors or inconsistencies and stuff like that. But he's also the comic expert as well. He's ran a, 
a comic business. He's done publish. He's done publishing works, um, and then he's worked in the whole field for. He won't like me saying it, but as for as long as I've been alive for, he's been doing the type <laughs> of stuff. So, um, <laughs> uh, so he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's the he's yeah. So the inspiration and the expert and the director of kind of like the area. You've got Renee, who's probably the uh, the quieter side of the two co-directors. So you've got Renee and Glenn as the two directors. Renee's strengths is that he's the money man. Uh, he's basically helped, I guess, the company function from a financial point of view, uh, also from a legal point of view with the contracts and stuff like that as well. So um, obviously there's, you know, there's contracts with King Features, there's contracts with Gordon and Gotch, with uh, the comic book shops, um, all that type of stuff. And every line of product, i.e. the comic, the posters, the trading cards, that's another contract that needs to be created and stuff like that. So that's where Renee's strength is. And he's also an accountant by trade as well. So he's, you know, very efficient when it comes to things like that as well. And then you've got Dudley. Now, if I was to uh, describe Dudley in one word, it would be the glue or glue. He's the glue of the company. He makes the company run day to day. Uh, he ensures that uh, people like Glenn don't get too carried away and, uh, you know, make sure that things happen. He's the one that rings up and contacts the creators and say, hey, Joe, you need to get me this cover. I need it yesterday. And, you know, puts it all together. And he's the publisher. So, you know, he, that's he's the one that ensures that we have a comic every fortnight. So um, Dudley's probably got the harder task in the sense that he has to keep everyone on track and online but he does a brilliant job but then there's also the hidden people uh sometimes we'll see them at supernova and stuff or we might see them in the you know the footnote of the um of the comic uh so you've got frank who, who he helps out with a lot of the lettering and so he's kind of like the machine behind the scenes in a sense that you know we'll letter the comics and do a little bit of editing work and stuff like that when Glenn needs it. And then you've got Shah who mails all the stuff out. So without someone like Shah, we don't get our comic. Or if you're a subscriber, you don't get your comic. Um, and, you know, she's also the one that handles all the subscriptions and stuff like that as well. So they might not have the glamorous job as, say, someone like uh, Glenn, but they're very, very important. So um, that's kind of like the fruit crew in a nutshell. Um, I haven't missed anyone that you guys know of. No, no, not that I'm aware of. So it's a um, it's a pretty small boat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, would you describe any of the guys in any other ways than that, or are you happy with their descriptions? With their I'd say Dudley's also the. I know you said Glenn's the the face, but Dudley is is the front line face. He's the one that's copying all the the letters to the (laughs) publisher, and he's the one who's responding to it and taking the phone calls when you know, especially back. when there wasn't a comic for you know two or three months there yeah um he was very much front and center so uh you, you, the, you can't say too much about that well that's can't say enough about Dudley. Yeah, yeah 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 no definitely i know i know when it first started i was saying that dudley had huge shoes to fill in with um steve shepherd and um it took over from steve because i thought steve did a, a very good job and um dudley's shot past he's he's done a brilliant job um just with with what he's done and dealing with 
uh, the people and being the glue, I think, is a great a way of describing it. So um, uh, if I had a hat on Dudley, I'd say tip of the hat to you, um, but I don't. So I will, um, I will toast to you, Dudley, out of my fru stubby cooler. Cheers <laughs> to you. Very good. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're also going to go over some of the issues per year. Now, the reason we've done this is because I think it's important just to be able to identify just how many comics they bring out. Now, this is not including products, i.e. Um, trading cards or posters, but it is including the regular series, but also the trade paperbacks, the graphic novel, the phantoms, well, the kids, the kid phantoms, the giant sizes and trade paperbacks. So it's including, if you are just a comic book reader, this is how many comics you will get per year. So in 2016, there was 28 comics, which is a down from 31 from the previous year. But that's to be expected because they did kind of miss two months or a month and a half. In, a <laughs> um, in 2017, there was an increase to 36 comics per year, which is more than what Jim Shepard had been doing since the, nine, the late 1980s. So for, what's that? almost 30 years we've been getting 31 comics and then in 2017 bam wow we've been getting 36 comics it was pretty good but that improved in uh 2018 there was 42 comics which when you think about it that is almost one a week um and i remember us doing a review on that year Mm. and with the products we worked it out that bar i think it was like bar two weeks there was something new coming from through every single week, which is incredible when you think about it, that there's four or five people that work there. Um, In 2019, it dipped a little bit, which is to be expected, but it was still a healthy uh, 38 comics, which is still pretty good. And it's the second highest out of the whole five years. In 2020, even with COVID, uh, mm. And we saw a lot of things close with COVID, a lot of things go backwards with COVID. Uh, Fru decided to cut their regular issues to, I like to think it was 26. And then they also cut uh, Phantom's World and Kid Phantom, but they still managed to produce 34 issues. So if you were just to look at 2020 compared to what Jim Shepard had been doing in the last 30 years, they were still producing more comics in COVID, which we all know 2020 sucked. They were still producing more comics in that year than, than in the previous 30 years before mm. uh, the free crew. So I think that that's a lot of comics. So how many is that? So 28, 36, so that's 57, 59, uh, 99, I Bear with me if my maths aren't good. So if I say 100, 136, 140, 170 comics, roughly. Uh, um, all the mathematicians are probably yelling at me now, but um, roughly 170 odd yeah. comics in their five years. So that, that's 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 not a bad amount. That's pretty done. It's an incredible amount. <laughs> yeah. I, I can I'd I'd put the challenge out there for anyone who's listening or watching this. Um, what other company? anywhere around the world not just comics but just about you know 170 issues in five years that's unreal unreal certainly there wouldn't be any other comic companies in the world with any title i wouldn't have thought doing that yeah probably marvel and dc probably come close and some of the larger ones but they're 
look no, but, but like a single yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, but on a single <laughs> character, no. Not yeah, even. Yeah, I, correct, I would yeah. doubt even. There's a good point, Stephen. Not even like say, you know, a Batman, Spider Man, or a, or no. a Superman, or something like that. They, it wouldn't be that amount. Putting out one a month, and maybe they have a couple of couple of titles. Like there might be, you know, the new Batman, and or you know, fifty two or whatever. So that you might get two or three mm. um, well, a month. As I say, I'm happy to stand still, corrected, but it's a, it's an amazing yeah. feat. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so my turn again. So we're going to, what we're going to be looking at now is we'll go through year by year, okay? So Jeremy's uh, given us a, a bit of a rundown with the with the amount of issues. So now we're just going to delve into the just a little bit further. So and look at their key milestones. So 2016 was the first year. Uh, it's the first time we saw. Was it the first time we've seen a color comic? Info, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was in 1748. Uh, the name was I don't know. Um, <sighs> It was the Paul Ryan one, I believe it was. Oh, was it? I believe. So I should oh, have I that. I say that was one of my favourite ones later. I should oh. have that. Um... <laughs> anyway, um, there was the first of Heaps of Sparta comics. It was the got... Paul Ryan tri- tribute, Terrace Mutiny. Yep. Oh, yes, very good. Um, lots of Sparta comics. Um, the first of that was 1753. We saw uh, New Zealand wasn't forgotten. We got um, some special Kiwi covers. The 80th anniversary came out in 1763. We had a Christmas, um, al- a Christmas album. We had a Christmas theme for the um, for the uh, Christmas special in 1772. We had the signature series that started. Um, they were at Superna- Supernova. They got a stall and they had um, a, a special jam cover for the for that um, issue that coincided with Supernova, which was 1755. Um, did they start the Fruit Crew badges back in 2016 or did that come later? I added that one and put a question mark because I'm not sure if it was in their first year. It wouldn't have been any later than 2017, though. Yeah, very good. So we reckon between 16 and 17, they start the Fruit Crew badges. Um, I'm sure um, someone could, could tell us otherwise if we're wrong. Dan, 2017. Well, I mostly just put that in, honestly, to show off my Fru Crew badge and, again, demonstrate to uh, to Fru that we're all big supporters here. I know each of you guys have got your own Fru Crew badge as well. Um, and uh, Dudley, Glenn, Renee, just says what the boys think of you, that I'm the only one to be wearing mine. So just a little quick, little bit of a quick suck up there. Well, mine's <laughs> also on display and it was a little bit tricky to get out of the... Uh, oh, yeah. Little thing the, problem is, the problem is, Dan, is yours is actually... The badge is actually shown below the screen. So it actually makes oh, it look like you're um you're ashamed of it and oh. then you're hiding it. <laughs> I'll have to sit up with more with more pride. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, I'm hunched over looking at the screen like the, the comic fan in the basement that I am. All right. <laughs> um, so 2017 was the was the second year, the sophomore year of the uh, of the Fru Crew. Um, they, and they did some launching of some products that uh, that Glenn was clearly cooking up all through the first year. So Kid Phantom um, was, I thought we saw Kid Phantom, no, I think the first four issues perhaps were in 2017. Phantom's World also burst out as a standalone um, issue rather than just being, um, uh, I think there was probably three Phantom's World um themed books in the regular series before they went into the four Jermaine's holding up his hand um, in the before issues. 
uh, Phantom by Gaslight came in. Glenn's absolute favourite thing, I would guess, of the being able to do in the new Fury crew was the giant size, and he brought that in in 2017 as well. They had their first trade paperback, The Ghost Who Walks. Um, they also had their first themed annual, um, which was the was that the Girl Phantom title in 1774. It was the Western one. Female it? Phantom, uh, I think that was their first theme. Um, they had a a very special um, triptych cover commissioned for issues. There was Girl Phantom, Jermaine saying, so I got that one right, good. Um, the triptych cover by Jamie Johnson, which was just outstanding and a, um, uh, a, an example of how Fru were willing to experiment with their covers and the, the, the money they were prepared to spend on their covers now as opposed to the, the Shepherd days um, because that was a magnificent triptych of covers which then turned into a, a poster as well. Um, uh, Phantom's Universe cards also came out in 2017 using information that uh, had previously been gone, uh, just left in the bottom drawer, I suppose, that had come from Egmont, but Fru hadn't used. So into the uh, the Phantom Universe cards they went and um, the accompanying folder that came with that. The file cards um, started coming out with the uh, um, subs for subscribers, um, the cards that show the... Uh, um, covers from through right through from one to well, they're working towards present day um, and uh, the sketch cover book was the special thing that they brought out at Supernova when they attended in 2017 so um, a, a big year for launching new products as you can see mm. yeah no, that's a good point um, so then uh, 2018 you've got which was the through 70th uh, which in 1820 we saw um, a nice collection of uh, sequel or prequel stories to classics. And uh, we've seen that a lot of since. We, um, so in 2018, we've got, uh, with the sequel and prequel, we've got uh, the Princess Sin saga, which is in 1813, uh, and also in the 70th. Um, in the trade paperback, we've also got the, um, the prequel and the sequel uh, stories, which I think is just a brilliant way of aligning through with the fork classics and we saw that with team phantom and when they started creating their own stories and it's a great way for the fruit crew or team Fru to be able to find their groove by copying fruit uh fork and then once they've kind of established and got that core team then they can kind of go on their own way so i think it's a it, it's a great trend that they've started um and so yeah, so it's it's good that that, that has happened. Um, sorry, I've just got the door opening in the background. Um, apart from that, you've also got the uh, the kid collection, uh, the kid phantom collection, which is kind of like a, a trade paperback for the first four, I think yep. it was, um, kid phantom stories collected in the trade paperback. And of course, they were still at Supernova. They also had the second sketch cover as well. Which was the white one of the 18, 1820, Sorry, so um, yeah, so there's a lot of cool things that they've done. Not as much as say twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, but there's definitely more of a, a more of a focus. I think with sixteen seventeen was I kind of look at it as a, a scattergun approach, and then they've kind of started to narrow their focus a little bit more. So um, while it's not as much on paper. You know, you look at here, it's one and a half lines compared to three or four lines for the last couple of years, but it's just as important. So um, 2019. One thing that we, I'll just jump in quickly. One thing we haven't mentioned was the Folio series, which they brought out, the A3 
um, yeah. prints that they were doing for Supernova. So I think that started in 2016 and continued yes. on, became became a feature. Yeah, yeah. So it usually started off with each, um, I forgot that, each uh, jam cover. So for instance, 2016 was the yeah. Australian theme. 2017 was the Gaslight theme. Right. 2018, I believe, was the Femme Fatale theme um and and stuff like that so um yeah it's, it's a very good point and like you said there was only a lot and a half on the run sheet about all the extra stuff in 2018 but 2018 is the the year for the comics with 42 yeah out there. so uh that's right they, they, they weren't having a rest no yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so 2019 we see the um the much what's the word lauded applauded um annual the war annual um, which I find myself, I'm not a big war person. I don't read a lot of war themed things. I really enjoyed that, mm. that annual. Um, that, that was in 1830. 1850 was Matt Kime, um, Australian uh, writer and, and uh, drawer, artist, um, with a very, very harken back to the Lee Falk um, yeah. days with, with his um, story, Day at the Races. Yes. Um, I don't have many signature copies, but I've got a signature copy of that one. Um, 1852, uh, what have we got there? The colored, oh, there was Billy Zane on the cover. Dan's mate, runs under him <laughs> in Queensland. Um, so, and then we've got the fruit the sky trading. Band. The, the story was the sky band. The story was the sky Ooh. band, of course. Um, the fruit trading cards came out. Uh, in 2019 as well, the jam story printed. What was the jam story? That was Blood oh, Rain. Blood Rain, where yeah. uh, where people were just doing, or artists were doing a, a page or two from memory. Four. Maybe, is it three or four? Three, I think. I know I'm going to go eight different. artists, three pages each. That's my guess. Yeah, we'll go with that. And that was in 1855. Uh, we saw the first graphic novel published by Fru, um, The Sword of the Caliph. Uh, from memory, yep. uh, as my memory on that one. Yep, nailed it. We um, uh, through delved with the help of uh, Alex and oh, we were just talking to him today, Dale. Dale. <laughs> with the help of Alex and Dale, <laughs> um, through games became a thing, and they launched a board game on Kickstarter, which we're soon to um, be in our hands in the next week or so. And the Phantom Adventures Collection, that was the big hardcover with the pink spine. And a door poster. I forgot about the door poster. Mm. Everything else I've got except for the door poster. It was a big year. It, it was. was. A massive year. 2019, I know this is something that I've got down below, but I'll say it now. 2019 was the best year for Furry Crew. All right, well... Um... That's um, that's probably not surprising given uh, that they were on the up, you know, getting ever better. Um, and then in 2020 there was a global pandemic, so um, <laughs> which you've already you've already alluded to. So it's going to be pretty hard to to go up and above. Um, and so really, 2020 needed to be a year of consolidation, which is what uh, Fru did. So they made some uh, tough decisions um, in terms of product that they had been running with, but they just uh, drew the line and said, "Well, this isn't." Um, a sound financial decision to keep this uh, this product going. So unfortunately, Kid Phantom and Phantom's World um, as the specials uh, were cancelled. 
and um, and so they, uh, they that's probably where they they cut back on their issues as as Jim mentioned before cutting back in 2020 that's uh, almost certainly where the savings came so to speak um, that said they did continue to bring out the trade paperback which uh, was number three we already know that trade uh, the number four is well is, is on our again on our way to on its way to our doorsteps we hope with the um, um, the princess uh, saga sorry princess sin the princess, yeah, correct. Coming with the board game, that's right. Uh, so that's on its way as well, which was something that they they got happening in 2020, even though we haven't received it yet. Um, and then potentially, and and we're going to have to talk about. We, we I speculated about us Nostradamusing before, or Steve did, or we all did, whatever. Um, but a, a step into the future for Fru um, was uh, at launching their titles on Comicsology, which um, we see on well, we used to see on Facebook back when that worked. Um, that some people uh, do enjoy. Uh, accessing their comics that way. So not a lot um, of new stuff, but as, uh, as Jerm said earlier, that's to be expected under the circumstances of, of last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So 2021, so far. So by the time this gets released, I would assume most Australians will have their board game. Uh, we've, been, we've been told and we've, um, uh, we're aware that uh, people overseas are already getting theirs. Uh, we've been told that people in Sweden, Norway, uh, Europe have already gotten theirs. Not so sure on the USA yet. I haven't heard anyone from there or from Brazil. Um, but Europe is kind of getting theirs and already gotten theirs. And uh, just on Friday before we recorded this, um, some Australians have started getting their um, board game as well. So I would expect probably the week of 22 to 22nd of February to that week starting 22nd most fans in australia will probably get theirs as well so by the time this gets released um most should have it uh and then along with it will be a trade paper trade paper back number four which is the princess sin saga and uh, i hadn't uh, meant to jump on your toes there jim but uh, yeah i I think you said everything that i've got on my uh two things uh but never mind (laughs) but uh 2021 (laughs) is going to be is going to be that, which is going to be good. And then I guess we're not really sure what else is going to be in 2021, um, which we'll kind of discuss a little bit later. So while we're discussing that, before we look forward, we'll go back. What has what was your favourite year? I said before that 2019 is my favourite year. Uh, Stephen, what do you, what would you say your is your favourite year? And as we've just looked back. Oh, look, I'm I'm not sure now. Um, I was going to say. Oh, dear, I don't know. This was a question that we haven't uh, previously thought about. So no. Nah. Well, how about we come back to that question after we go through all the quick, all the other questions? Because I might say something, then I realise that I've said the wrong year. Okay, not a problem. So we'll come back to that question there of what was your favourite year. So talking about questions, so we'll start off with a question. Um, so this has been planned and is on the run sheet, unlike the last question. So what we're going to do now is we've just got we've got a group of <laughs> five. We got what is it about half a dozen or ten um, questions, and we're just going to discuss a little bit about through and have a bit of fun, and then towards the end we'll talk about what we hope to see them do, which is what we did in episode one eighty two for the Phantoms' eighty fifth birthday. So the first question is. What has been the three, so you can choose three things, the three best things that Fru has done in their five years? Stephen. Uh, covers is a given. Yes. The quality of the covers is absolutely superb. 
Um, own creations absolutely has got to be up there. Yeah. And the willingness to try new things slash better quality yeah. material for, you know, example, papers and stuff like that. Absolutely the, the best things that um, they have done. And I think that I'll try to do a bit of a catch-all there by saying willingness to try new things. That was a nice grab everything. So if you had to lay that down to one, what would it be? Um, I refer back to my earlier comment and say, willingness to try new things and have a crack at everything. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, Dan? Yeah, I've, I've basically got the same points as um, Steve, but just in different words, I suppose. Um, I also let out with the covers, and I alluded to this before when I talked about Jim Shepard and, and his final... Um, he had a style that worked for him, and, and he'd learnt how to, to use Photoshop and that sort of thing. And um, other than uh, Antonio Lemos, we didn't really see a lot of... Um, uh, variety in our artists um, and we certainly didn't see the quality and um, Fru stepped that up immediately and yeah. haven't backed down from that so the covers um, I don't want to just glib past that because we do all know that that has been huge it has been massive and we were calling for it, it was one of the things we talked about when when we were in that little black hole of um, who's going to take over and what might they do um, so they really deserve huge credit for that because it's not cheap to hire artists to do this. Jim Shepard was doing it far cheaper. Um, so I really hope it's had the financial windfall that, um, mm. that it deserves because it's been, it's been massive. I remember um, the diversity of the product range. I'll oh, go on. I was about to say, um, I remember one of the first standout um, covers, but I think it was just before the free crew. I think it was a Steve Shepard one. Um, I think it was Rose of Cairo. Yeah. Uh, there was two. There was two part of one was the Phantom on the motorbike, but the other one was the black and white noir type. Mr. I think it was Mr. Walker or something on, on the cover. It was really just so striking. The black and white mm. was striking amongst all the color mm. that, you, that you'd see on the shelf. Yeah, very good. I remember that as well. I really. It was um, issue one six eight six, and if you are looking on YouTube, we'll have all the images and covers and stuff popping up as we're talking which will cover our ugly mug as well. So, yeah, issue uh, 1686, good memory, Stephen. I like that cover as well. Did you want to comment on the covers while we're here, Jim, before we talk about... Um... <laughs> yeah, well, covers is an obvious one. Um, and I, I remember when we actually talked about the fruit crew, we were saying that covers was one of the low-hanging fruit. And we talked about when you start a new... Yeah. When you take over and stuff like that, you look at the easy things i guess is a way of saying the easy things that can give you an immediate increase and we all said the covers and that was the thing they did and we've all noted that in as one of the best three things that they've done so um yeah so it goes without saying i'll, I'll let you continue with yours as well Dan. yeah cool cool um so the other thing i guess is, is similar to what steve said about um trying new things the diversity of the product range so forever in a day it had been comics um, as I said before, Steve Shepard sort of broke the ice by getting a license for posters and certainly through uh, the, the new crew have um, continued that. And, um, um, you know, there been lots of posters come out since. There's also the uh, there's so many sets um, that they've done. Um, but it's the cards, like the, the file cards, universe cards, the trading cards. Though, so that boxes, those boxes of trading cards have been sensational. Um, the folios, which we alluded to before, um, the board game dipping their toe in the water with you know helping to finance that and back yeah. board games. So these are things that um, you know Fru has never done before in their publishing history. So that the willingness to do 
to, to, to branch out that way and the willingness to experiment as well. And, and I think you, you talked about um, 2017 as being a, a shotgun year, June, where they just sort of threw everything at the wall to see what stuck. Um, I love that. And the fact that they were prepared to experiment with so many different things that weren't everybody's cup of tea um, and some things have, uh, have since gone, but some things have stuck around too. So um, yeah, the experimenting and being prepared to try new things, which is again, uh, what Steve said. So. Yeah, the bookmarks oh, really is like another the, um, one that we forgot as well. What's that? Uh, the bookmarks. That's one oh, that we yes. forgot as well. Um, yeah. Other little bookmarks, which are you know the bookmarks which come out every year at Supernova. Uh, they're a great yeah. low cost product as well. They're like two dollars or two dollars fifty each. And yeah, you get signatures. You can give them to younger kids if you're a teacher. You could buy dozens and give them away as as uh, as you know the English department. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's there's all those different things as well. So there's the the low cost items to the higher cost items mm. as well. When, when did the um, file cards come out? I don't remember us saying that one in the. Um, I think no, that might did. have been on the that there was file cards started in oh, issue one seven seven five. Yeah, I've really been enjoying them lately. I've been I've trying to challenge myself, see if I can pick the artist. I can always pick Glenn Ford. Yeah, pretty good with Keith Chatto, and I've also just noticed that he also has a little signature there. I was seeing that in the last one, <laughs> but um, Tessa gets me every time. I, I think it's somebody else, and so now I, I think I've got the three styles, you know, through the series that the or the era that we're into now. With yeah. the file cards. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much either Glenn Ford, Keith Chatto, or, or Tessa. So I'm just trying, I'm challenging myself, see if I can no, recognize artists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, and it's good that um. We're now it's not just the one style artist as well. So yes. you know, before it was, you know, all the one one artist for like forty years before. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to add before your top three, Dan, or um, you're happy for me to take over the baton? No, no, that was it. I'm handing over to you. All right. So we're talking about the covers. I'm going to talk about two and a half things that we haven't mentioned before. So w- my one has to be the color. Now, we've done a, a big colour expose podcast, which has got a lot of attention, a lot of good attention for once. Um, and so, you know, in that podcast, we talked about colour and the Phantom. Um, and I, I think that's a good thing. Like, Fru have, and this also comes with colour and Kid Phantom, is Fru's identified that they need to move on from just appealing to the old fuddy-duddy crusties who, no offence, are not going to be around forever. And so they are trying to get a new readership. And I believe, and I think that's a brilliant point that they have triggered as like, hey, while we need to appeal to our main audience and keep them happy, we also need to get a new generation. Because, and which is something we should be proud, we should be wanting as well. Because if the next generation doesn't come, our collection, and we're all, you know, we're all sitting in our collection tonight becomes worthless if there's no one who wants to collect it so we need the new generation um so i think that's important it is worth saying that through their their first color issue was their fourth cover uh, issue that they published like they got stuck straight into it they didn't it was clearly something that glenn had wanted to do for a long time and convinced renee to do quite easily yes (laughs) yes um, I was going to say something, but I won't say something. So I'll move on with that one. The other thing is, which is kind of similar as what I was saying about with the colour, Kid Phantom, 
but also trade paperbacks and graphic novels. Again, it's a a key ident- it's a key identification that you can't just survive on newsagent sales, and you know, and businesses like to be able to get money from multiple streams because it allows them if one of those streams dies or, for instance, you know, if Facebook goes away and your sole business is on Facebook, you're not going to survive anymore. So Fru have realized, hey, we can't just survive by news agents. We need trade paperbacks. We need graphic novels, which can go into bookshops, can go on Amazon and stuff like that, which is also a comic exology as well. So, So there's that. And then the other thing is hiring not just new creators, which uh, which, uh, Stephen made mention as well, but they're hiring young creators. So they're, you know, like, well, young in the sense of they're under the age of 40. So you've got people like Jamie Johnson, you've got Grange, you've got, um, you know, you've got Wendell from Brazil and uh, Raphael Dantes, uh, Jeremy McPherson, um, uh, Alex Tripp, who's, you know, I think he's, I think he's not even in his thirties yet. So, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of, um, uh, what's, uh, I, there's two others that I can't remember. Mason and Andrew Constant. You had you missed these two. <laughs> is Andrew Constant under 40? We'll say we'll give him the we'll say he is. So you've got Andrew Constant, uh, Paul Mason, then you've also got uh, Daniel Picciato and uh, Camilo um, DiPietro as well. So there's a you know, I've rattled off what a dozen names, 10 yeah. to a dozen names of creators that are up and coming creators that are not your golden oldies that are, that are, can bring some enthusiasm back to the phantom. And I remember and if you want to talk about, sorry, if you want to talk about breaking um, stereotypes too, Julie Dietrich is about to become the first female yeah. um, uh, author for a phantom comic in Australia. So for have, uh, for have done that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's like what we've been talking about is trying to break away from the grandfather's hero. Now they're trying to bring the hero that will appeal to the female audience as well. So that's a very good point, Dan. Um, and so I think it's important and it's, it's, you know, it's a very smart trend that they're trying to do. And I think that and the colour and the kid fandom and all that is all kind of interwoven about getting the next generation. So... That would be the best things that they have done and they are continuing doing, in my opinion. Mm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Now, being so positive, but there's another side to the coin. Uh, I've, I've kind of got the image. You remember the, the, the old Transformers cartoon where you know have the Autobot symbol, then it'll go da 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 da, and then the Decepticon symbol would come up <laughs> and there would be the Decepticon scene. What about the three worst things that, that Fru have done over these five years? The three things that just didn't haven't done quite so well dan starting with you um f- for me the the things that um through have not been able to do is tell everybody about all the good things that they're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. um we've just rattled off so much stuff that is positive and, and going forward and all the rest of it but we know it and 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 hardcore fandom fans know it but the rest of the world doesn't know it and i think yeah. that through's promotion of themselves and their marketing of their products um has has just let them down and, and i'm 
I hate saying, you know, but but my, it's, it's because I love what they're doing and I want more people to know about it. Um, we do our best to try and promote them. Um, so it's not like I'm sitting around going, oh, well, as if if only someone would talk about the good things. We've just been doing that. But Fru need to get that out as well. Um, yeah. Their communication with fans like brilliant in terms of his um phantom forum and that sort of stuff um and through the comics again in the old school way of communicating but in a in the modern day um they need a, a bigger social media presence would be my second thing communicating directly with fans um and the third one would be their connection with local comic book stores and bookstores because you made an excellent point germ about um diversifying with the graphic novels and the trade paperbacks but um spoken to a few bookshops and um bookshop managers and, and local comic shop people and um, communication from through or publicity about what they're selling. You know, the trade paperbacks aren't just going to magically sell themselves. They've got to get into bookstores somehow. And, um, and unless my, my, the conversations that I've had would be that if managers of bookshops and local comic book stores don't directly approach through and ask them for them, they're not, you know, finding out. So, um, yeah. trying to get their products in front of people. I guess that's what, what all of mine comes together as. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Dan. Like, for instance, they should be sending every comic book shop uh, a, a hanger. Like, if you look in my background there, like where I've kind of got my finger pointed there, that little phantom that's yep. kind of there, that's actually a 30 to 40 centimetre hanger that you hang from the roof. Um, they need to be printing off these all big posters, all the big stand up things that we've got that, you know, some fans have got, they need to be giving every single local comic book shop, one of those, because then it's like, bam, they can stick it up on their, on their roof and comic book shops will do that. If they're stocking the Phantom, they're stocking the Phantom because they know people will buy them and that there are hardcore fans that go in there. Um, my local comic book shop, he actually created his own. I'd even encourage them to do something. So, you know, my local comic book shop, sorry, Dan, created his own hanger thingy, Bobby. And I saw people go, Phantom, Phantom, oh, there's the Phantom. And they went straight to the bin. They went, the you know, the comic book, where the comic books are and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a brilliant point, uh, Dan. Uh, I, you know, um, on Fanfare... Just recently, uh, Glenn was selling a little um, pamphlet uh, which had what's coming up with Fru. It was from the early 90s. You know, they should be giving comic book shops one of those every six months or something. So it's like, what's coming up to Fru in, you know, the first half of 2021? Board game, you know, all these type of things. And then that way they can start ordering them in and they can start letting their fans, you know, the fans that are coming in and saying, yeah. So go Dan. Yeah, look, I'd probably start way more. I'd, I'd probably start even way more basic than that, as simple as through having an email list that is all of the local comic book shops and shooting them an email saying, "This is coming, that's coming." Doesn't you know? It's it's twenty twenty one. Whether a brochure's, you know, I think we're past that. Just but just an email list um, so that they get the information come to them rather than have to go seek it out. Yeah, even if it's not a physical brochure, but you know, a PDF on, on that email. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them well, all the time with work. You get those. Um, I'm not sure if at comic book shops you get your book of previews, what's coming yeah, up yeah. for the month. And I don't know about your comic book shops, but my comic book shop leaves it on the front yep. Um, yep. thing, so fans can kind of flick through it. 
as yep. they come in well, and that. So, minute, minute yeah, so look, there's you raised some really good points uh, <laughs> there, Dan. Um, on the back of those, probably the Kiwi covers was probably one of my bigger disappointments. I loved the concept of the Kiwi covers, but it became a little bit cheap in the sense that it was just a change of a hue and Photoshop and like you had the cuff marks were still purple and then everything else was brown and the brown didn't always work. And um, I think it was a smart move getting rid of it. It was a great concept, great idea to start off with, but it just didn't really work. Um, my biggest bugbear would have to be the replica series. Um, I understand it in theory. Again, I just, uh, I just want more. I feel it's a bit of a disservice to what Jim did with the, um, with the finding new fresh scans and stuff like that. And then the other one will have to be the delay in the board game. Um, it's, it, it's, and I know it's not all Fru's fault uh, and it's a bit of an unfortunate delay, but it's such a, an amazing product has been tainted slightly in the sense of that it's taken so long for it to get out, uh, which, is a, which is a huge disappointment. And I'm sure in five, 10 years time, when we're all playing it, we're not going to forget about, we're going to forget about the delay and we're just going to be, wow, this is an awesome product. But at this stage, it just, it just, yeah, it's just felt a bit of a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah. We really, we really wanted it in our hands last year. Yeah. And we're impatient. You know, we're a bunch <laughs> of uh, nerds sitting in our basement, um, you know, doing a two hour podcast. Um you know, we're a bunch of nerds and there's other nerds out there that are that are just like us. We want everything now. We're the microwave generation. Uh, no, I'm, I, I think I'm still a bit patient. But, yeah, the delay <laughs> in the board game has, has tested the patience. However, that's I didn't put that in my three worst things. I've got um, – this is pretty much on the, on the same um, – train as, as Dan opened up with in regards to promotion, but not giving Kid Phantom the launch it needed. Yeah, um, kids just didn't know about it, which is yeah. unfortunate. Because uh, it's um, I'm a huge fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Um, and so is my kids. Oh, Tom, not so much. He's not quite into comics, but mm. Jeremy loves it. And he'll sit there and he'll read the thing and he'll read it again. It's great. Um, uh, what else do I say? I didn't really like oh, the inclusion of some real rubbish stories in the Phantoms world. Um, that killed it for me. And I know you guys said, oh, it got better. But I, I just haven't had the time to, to read the better stories. In fact, I, I fold a lot of them away today. And oh, no, I didn't end up reading those. So maybe I will one day. Um, you got nothing else to read. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> when you've got oh, nothing else better, to read. It's better, but still not as good as. Yeah. Mm. Um, I haven't got a third. I could only think of two, and I was real. And apart from the, the lack of, um, I think promotion and communication, I think are, are their best. Mm. Are, are there things that they really need to push forward with now? Yeah, uh, that's a very good point. All right, so um, we're going to, um, you know, not dwell on those things. We're going to move forward. Um, but uh, we're probably going to imagine a little worst case scenario here, and that is boom, fruit crew ceases tomorrow. Um, and, you know, we're going to assume, of course, that because uh, it's not worst, worst case scenario, someone else takes over and then through continues on and whatever. But if we were only to look at the five years of the fruit crew as exists, Glenford, Renee White and Dudley Hogarth, 
Um, if that was to end tomorrow, what would be their lasting legacy? We know, you know, we've talked about what uh, Forsyth's legacy was and what um, Shepherd's legacy was. What about the Fru Crew? So um, if they ended today, what would be their legacy, Germ? What do you think? Um, it's a good question. Mine would have to be that it, if I was to give one answer, it would have to be that the Phantom can be more than a grandfather's hero. Um, you know, because I remember hanging out at the Fruit Crew uh, table at Supernova, and I, I'm a people watcher by nature, and I was just listening to some people, and they go, oh, Phantom. They're going, oh, yeah. And then one guy was like, yeah, I've started picking up their stuff again. They're actually doing really, really good, and, um, you know, they, they've got some really cool new stuff coming out. And, and then the other guy goes, oh, I always just thought it was, a, you know, a hero for, you know, that my grandfather liked. I want to go and, you know, and then he went and actually brought the comic. And I know that's just one person, but for me, it was kind of like a snapshot of what Fru have done is that mm. they've proven, and I've said it before with Kid Phantom and some, has worked, some have worked and some hasn't, but with Kid Phantom, with uh, the younger um, uh, creators, um, I won't say hip because not all of them are hip, um, some of the creators have, have brought an enthusiasm uh, back to the Phantom and a bit of, mm. dare I say it, almost coolness amongst the nerds. And I know cool nerds don't always uh, match, <laughs> but, um, but you know, like the Phantom, you know, some of the stuff that's been created has been cool. Uh, you know, and, it's, and we've seen stuff like uh, other, you know, cosplayers dressing up as the Phantom. You know, the previous five years that I went to Supernova, there have been two cosplayers. Uh, Billy Higgins, who was the shortest Phantom, even shorter than the uh, runt from uh, the ninth Phantom. And then you've got um, the girl Phantom, which will, I will admit was a huge hit. Uh, shout out to Luke Gagan as well, uh, as he listens to this one. Um, That's a famous photo, that one, isn't it? Yeah, it is a famous photo, that one. Uh, mm. I'll stick it up on YouTube as well. If you are watching this, you'll know what I'm talking just... about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hands to himself. <laughs> but yeah, the Phantom can finally become more than a grandfather's hero. That has to be the lasting legacy if Ruth were to end tomorrow. Mm. Oh, mine's um, getting fans excited to talk about the fandom again. Um, like we're excited every time we have a podcast, even if it's late at night, we're still up full of energy ready to do it. And um, giving people lots of lots to discuss and to disagree on, which is mm. excellent. You know, you can't be pleasing everyone. So have something, you know, they're doing something new. Cool. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to think it's rubbish. Why? You know, but they're having this, these great, rich discussions now. Um which is much better than a little over five years ago when everyone was agreeing that, that we were lamenting the quality of the comic. Mm. And um, if they spoke po positively about the comic, it's about the, you know, through 20 or 30 years ago or about what other companies had done. Um, so now to get people talking in a positive manner about through again mm. is phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think that, well, well both of you, have said really is the positivity around it you know whether it's a positivity that it's a modern thing whether it's a positivity that things are happening and we can we can talk about it i agree wholeheartedly with both of you and i think uh, mine ties in with that which, which is that it's just been a huge kick a huge kickstart for the company and a, and a reboot or a, or a resetting of their agenda um, of what they are as a company and what they do as a company and it's been you know for, for 
for what I said before about the lack of promotion and marketing, it's been noticeable, as you say, Jim, you know, in, in their own ways, they've, they're bringing people along, just the enthusiasm that the, the crew is bringing is being seen. And uh, so that it really is, I mean, whenever, whenever the we die or the Phantom finishes or Fru wraps up, whichever comes first, we'll be able to look back and go, 2016 was the year that the Fru publications changed and it changed for the better. Yeah, no, it was very good. So, okay, so moving on to our next question. Now, what has been your top three moments with Fru? So not the top three products, what's been the top three moments? Uh, Dan, you want to kick us off, mate? I've only written two down here and I've decided on my third as, as I sit here. Um, so, and they're kind of all tied together in a sense. So that my top, my, my, the, the first thing I wrote down was that um, seeing Fru at Supernova. And yeah. um, I think that I, I am confident that Fru's first Supernova in 2016 was also my first Supernova. So I don't know one without them, um, but I can imagine it, I suppose, because I spend 90% of my time um, at Supernova at the Fru booth. And um, I couldn't even imagine being at Supernova without it, to be honest. So it must have been so flat and, and not, not much to do as a Phantom fan, like to hang out with each other and chat, cool. But um, yeah, so seeing us, uh, the Fru Supernova both every year has been fantastic. The, the artists coming along, I'm going to tie them into the, the booth as well, because what they've done really well is always have artists at the booth with the sketch covers or signings and chatting and that sort of thing. It's just fantastic. What a great opportunity. Um, Kid Phantom, I've, we've mentioned that a number of times, but it is one of my top moments for from Fru because of the you know, Steve, you mentioned your sons, my sons, well known for regular listeners of the podcast as a kid fandom fan. And so that has given us a, a way to start a fandom conversation, which has been really cool. And he loves the comics as well. Um, and, th- and I guess an in- that all said, an enduring moment, if I have a, a, a picture in my mind of what Fru looks like in a sense, it's probably the Lee Fork Memorial Bengala Explorers Club dinner in 2016. Again, my first time there. And Glenn Ford being late to the dinner because he'd been so busy with Supernova and walking in carrying the signature series um, books, the comic books from that entire year. It must have been 2017 then, I guess. Yeah, it was a different um, year because I remember this. No, yeah, and he had time. issues one through no, to 100. It's just late every year, so right. it, could be, it could be talking about any year. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the case, but for me, it was just an, um, an image of someone who was working so hard and driving themselves so hard for this character um, and this book that we all love and walking in with the signature series representing the, the covers that we talked about. That's, that's an enduring snapshot in terms of a moment uh, for free with me. Awesome. I always thought that was. Tw- I thought it was twenty eighteen. I was there, but it could have been well, maybe it was. I don't know, but the- it wasn't twenty nineteen. <laughs> Definitely not twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, my, I'm going on with with Supernova being a real presence at Supernova, especially getting the Phantom into the souvenir magazine that everybody yeah. gets. Um, I think that's a huge moment for them. Um, just about every time I read, they did it. They did it three times. So they did a Kid yeah. Phantom. Yeah. They did a Gaslight, and then they that's did right. the cards. The promo card. Oh, yeah, they did too. Yeah, which saw everyone getting the special debossed and embossed version of that <laughs> card as well. 
Um, and we'll stop her with sitting on the ground. And yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a yeah, and, and you're right, it's just brilliant being able to flick through it and it's like, oh, Phantom. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and nearly, and every time that there's a, a fan forum in the in the in the comic, Dudley's response is in the fan forum. That's always a good moment. <laughs> um, he there, he has some perlers, so <laughs> good on you, Dudley. Um, getting the through comic on a digital platform, like I don't use digital platforms uh, to read my comics. I don't. I have used it before, but I don't. It's, it's not right up my alley. But for some people, it is, or for a lot of people, I guess it, it really is now. So to get the Phantom onto that um, is is a fantastic um, mm. goal to kick. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but one of the oh my goodness moments. Um, was reading the, the Paul Ryan tribute special and getting to that centre page and ha- having the um, the poster that was there and it just suited so well with the story. Like, it didn't break the story up yeah. at all. And th- there was more good luck rather than good management, but that was just the perfect picture to have in the middle of that comic. To It was the perfect extra scene to add in to mm. to the um, story. It was absolutely brilliant. That so was, was that fantastic. a... fantastic. Was that a centerfold that you were um, more than happy to show your wife? That's it. <laughs> sure or say center page rather than say centerfold, huh? <laughs> oh, that's the center and it's folded. What were you thinking? <laughs> that, that's a great call, Steve, because I also remember the moment of opening the book and seeing that image. And that poster, I, I got that set. I got all the sets, but of that set, that image is the only one that I've got framed and hung on the wall. And it's in part because the impact that it had as you flicked over, that was a really cool moment. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see more of those moments. And I know they did a poster with kid Phantom. I think it was issue one, no issue two, maybe. Um, but I would like to see, you know, more posters hmm. uh, inside a comic. Um, so no, that's some very good moments. And um. I think we're all choosing different ones, uh, which is a nice change as well, which I think also shows that we've all got lasting memories and moments that we've had with Fru. Um, so it's good. For me, we have to be the tr- biggest one, we have to be the trading cards. And, um, and this is one of the reasons why, going back to the original question, which we've postponed, is that year was my favorite because I remember going to Supernova and there was just that buzz. And there was an enjoyment about trading, about laughing at uh, poor Nick who had like a uh, hundred of one version of the card and, uh, and they were all racing to see who could complete the set first and or you could get the first side Barry card. And, you know, it was just so much fun um, getting the cards and doing it at Supernova and stuff like that. So that will have to be probably my favorite moment with through probably after supernova because supernova that kind of goes on with supernova but um the other one would be the trade paperbacks like it was kind of like a a moment of arrival for through is it's like wow they're doing more than just the comic they're doing trade paperbacks um and then the other one would be the war annual like to this day that's Mm. still my favorite annual like i'm I'm very pessimistic when it comes to the annuals and you know, in the last comics and news, when we did review the 2021 annual, I was very negative about it, but the war annual to this day has to be one of my, you know, probably more favorite, probably top five 
top 10 comics that Fru has released. Ever? Um, uh, Fru Crew has released. We'll go Fru Crew. Um, I, I'd, I'd probably go, just about go ever. It's a really good book. Mm-hmm. It's a really good issue. And so, you know, for me, that, that was a great moment. I loved reading that annual. And mm-hmm. I have not felt, I've probably felt it with the uh, Girl Phantom. That was an enjoyable read. And then the Western one was intriguing because it was a new theme and there was some new stories and my name was in it. Um, <laughs> but the war annual just enthralled me and it hooked me and it was exciting. There was a great cover. There was great art, artwork, great storytelling. And then there was some great classics which went with mm. it. Um, so, yeah, so it had a brilliant, uh, a brilliant moment for me. Mm. Mm. So, overall, oh, sorry, Steve. I was just thinking with, with the trading cards, you got, you know, you're doing it at Supernova. I didn't make it to Supernova that year, but um, being able to do that with my boy, um, Jeremy, he, he got right into it too. So, after I had completed my set, then was on to completing his set. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good sneaky way to get a second set in the house. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I believe, Dan, you did the same with, with your son. And I know I did the same with my daughter. Like, we, so we had, um, I brought three boxes. I've still got one sealed. And then I opened one at Supernova. And then I opened one with her. And so we were going through doing the cards. And, and I was like, oh, Cybericard, you can't take that. You quickly take that off her before she dings the corners and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah it was fun. So that sort of leads into our, our next question, which is the favourite product um, that you of yours that Fru has brought out in the last five years. Um, and when we say product, we mean anything from um, regular comic book issue through to the trading cards and the and the board game. Well, the board game we're going to set outside because it's outside the five years. We haven't received it. It's not fair. <laughs> I think it probably would get into our top two or three if um, if it had arrived last year, um, but, uh, it, but it didn't. Um, so of the things that we've actually been able to purchase, um, Jim, I think I know what your two are going to be because based <laughs> yeah, on the last I one. mentioned it in the last one. Uh, <laughs> I was answering the questions. And I thought, man, I should have thought of better questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to be the trading cards for one, um, just because, I, and I think one of the reasons why it made it special is I talked about, being able to do it at Supernova. And then there was such enjoyment in able to, like, that day, that night, and the next day, being able to help others fulfil their complete sets. But I missed that in the 90s. So I wasn't a fan until 1996, and I didn't have enough money to buy the gallery cards and the fortnightly comic. So I had to make a decision on what to buy. So I went with the fortnightly Phantom comic, and then I, I brought them afterwards, but there was no opening the packs, mm. stuff like that. I was buying sets from eBay or from other people and stuff like that. So there was, I never got that enjoyment. I had it with football cards. I went through the phase with football cards and basketball cards and all that. But I never had that moment with the Phantom, um, which kind of sounds a little bit weird, but. I'm sure people will know what I mean. Um, so for me, that has to be my most totally, favourite. That's going to be the quote from this episode. I just never had that moment with the Phantom. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that has to be my, my most favourite free product. And then if I was to put it from a comic point of view, it would be the War Annual. 
Cool, cool. Uh, for all the reasons that you've just said, I'm sure. Yes. Look, I'm going to go a little left field and probably, you know, I'll probably answer this question differently tomorrow. I'm not sure I would have answered it this way yesterday, but it's just what I thought of when I was sitting down to answer the question. Um, and probably the my favourite, like single product, um, would be the Chris Wall door poster. Um, oh. I really love that poster. The um, the and, and Germ will have a picture of it on the screen now, I'm sure, um, when he goes through to edit. But um, I, I've got that poster laminated and I did it in a matte finish and I hung it in a place where I see it at least every day, if not uh, two or three times a day. And um, I just love it. It's a, it's a really powerful image and um, to have that so huge and, and yeah, so love that one. Um, and the graphic novel, The Sword of Khalif, um, again, a bit of a left field one and I surprised myself in a sense to say it, but I really did enjoy that story. Mm. Um, the art took about half a page or a page to get used to. And then um, I quite enjoyed that. And, um, and I also like what the graphic novel represents probably as much as anything else, yeah. which is branching into another, um, another place for Fru. And um, it's a shame that um, the second graphic novel, um, if that is in the pipeline, hasn't eventuated yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, as much for what it represents as for the actual product. Yeah, it's a great call. Yeah. Um, Steve, what about yourself? Um, I've got the Fruku badge was my number one for- uh, But you're not wearing Fruku. it. Which I'm not wearing, like I said, it's on display just over there. No, I, I love mine. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, what? Why? Car- what about the fruit crew badge? Hey, why the fruit crew badge? Because they they said that I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> they took time out of their very busy schedules to answer a question or whatever it was, or listen to a suggestion, or I can't, I can't remember what it was now. I should, I should find it. How many attempts did it take you to get the fruit crew badge, Stephen? It doesn't matter. I've got a fruit crew badge. <laughs> and I, not just me, but I've got one for my boy as well. <laughs> so I've got two. So, uh, yeah, so that, uh, I, 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 I have to say that. And I'm always, I'm always there. Thank you for my fruit crew badge. Um because yeah, not everyone's got a fruit crew badge. I mean, it's, it's true. Specific people. It's uh, it's something you got to hold dear. Um, the cards. You mentioned the trading cards, um, Jim. Absolutely, the, the trading cards. Um, but also, I also mentioned the, the file cards. So, I'll, you know, I'm playing a game with myself. You know, keep myself in, <laughs> entertained. But uh, and the um and the universe cards. I I do like the the card collecting yeah. thing. Um, I. Well, I started collecting a little bit before you there, Jim. I was a couple of years older. So, yeah, I was buying um, packs of cards back when I was a kid. I remember um, cricket cards and Batman movie cards and footy cards. I, I wasn't into basketball, so I didn't bother about basketball cards. But, yeah, I, I, every now and then I, I, I'd find the, um, the fandom cards. I never, never, ever got a complete set back in the day. So, it was, um, yeah, I had to go through eBay or other places to uh, to get complete sets, which I now have complete sets of all those cards, um, which I'm really happy about. And um, the comics that they're putting out, you can't say that Fru have been renowned for their comics, of course. They're, they're a comic book company and, and that has to be one of my top three products that Fru have been putting out. So in other words, Stephen, everything. Everything that Fru's doing is your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't got, well, I haven't got that door poster. I haven't got... <laughs> I haven't read the, 
everything like the Phantom Adventures and everything, the Pink Spine. I've, I've got it, but I haven't read it. <laughs> I never, um, Phantom's World wasn't a, uh, wasn't a big win. Almost game. everything from Fruit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people criticize me for being too positive, but. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. And, and I love the fact that we all came up with different type of yeah. answers and stuff like that. And I think, uh, I think that's been a real positive thing about what Fru's done and looking at all of our answers and stuff that we've discussed is that they are, you know, they're making a lot of runs in a lot of different areas and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it's, it's been enjoyable listening to all these things and, and remembering my own memories and the memories that I've shared with mm. others uh, as we've discussed them as well. Uh, now it's time to narrow it down. Rather than going the through whole, all the products, it's down to uh, just the comic or trade paper book, the trade paperback, sorry, not trade paper book. Um, what has been your favourite through comic or TPB? And this is the one where I hadn't had an answer for, which um, you could probably guess because of my positivity with all that through is producer. <laughs> I haven't been able to, to nail one thing. Um, I thought about the trade paperbacks, but could I put one above the other? Could I, you know, I was hanging out for them to put the triads out, and they did, um, which was great. But it's an old story. Should I go with something that's old, or should I look for something that's new? I just I cannot narrow it to one comic or trade paperback. I'm, um, yeah, maybe after you guys talk. No, I, I can't. But I don't want to say the war one, but because then I can't say the triads, or I can't say the triads because then I can't say trade paperback one, or you know. Just... <laughs> in, in in perfect tra- oh, uh, Stephen no, tradition, you got to sit on the fence. No, hang on, I think he's got an no, idea. I got it because you talk long enough, you figure it out, <laughs> and it's the um that it's the sketch cover with um. Like the story is just John of Timpany. The, the story doesn't matter. It's the, the comic with the hard cover, and you can actually get someone to, to draw it. Mm. Like you've got mm. 100 of them behind you there, Jim, I usually do. And so, being able to, I've got a couple of sketch covers now, and that's, I'm going to say that's a comic, and that's my favorite because you can get your own little bit of art on, personalized bit of art onto your own comic. I'm going with You actually leave Excellent answer, Steve. Yeah. After all that, I could just edit out like ten minutes. And, um, <laughs> but no, it was we'll a brilliant a response, yet, Stephen, Except for the bit where you came up with a good answer at the end. <laughs> <laughs> a brilliant answer, Stephen. Um, I'm kind of spewing. I didn't miss out on. I haven't mentioned the sketch cover tonight because that's one of the things that I love and I actually collect is sketch covers. I think. I've got, I think I'm about to about 45, 46 or something like that. And I've like, I've got, uh, I've got two more on its way and like one's landing tomorrow and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so it's something that I really enjoy as well. But um, forgetting the sketch cover, my, oh, mine would have to be the trade paperback one and or two. Like I like, I like one because it was brand new and it was really good and, you know, I love the cover and I love the concept and these stories in colour. But then I like two because it had the brilliant modern day cover, um, and then it had the sequel, the sequel stories, which I really like that concept. And then the classic stories were in colour as well, uh, and then it had 
probably one of my more favourite stories in Jungle Love. I just it's just a fun story. <laughs> um, so I might go trade paperback two would be my all time favourite through comic trade paperback. That's interesting. I, yeah, and we're all going to have different ones. And I, I hear what you're saying. I didn't enjoy the cover so much. And every time I see uh, or think of Trade Paperback 2, I see the cover and, and I didn't enjoy it as much. So uh, so I've gone Trade Paperback 1 as my um, preferred Trade Paperback. Um, and it has to sit there as one of my favourite publications over the last five years yeah. because um, just the way, the concept of it, that this is the book that you give to yeah. somebody so that they can learn all about the fandom yeah. and, you, and you hear all of the, um, the origin stories of everything. Um, much as I'm not a fan of the uh, origin of the skull ring as told in that particular collection, it's the only one we've got uh, really of any depth. So um, yeah, no, I, I would have to rate that trade paperback. Um, I, I do need to mention the, the Phantom Goes to War annual uh, war themed annual because um, I've just said before that I would have it as probably one of my top five through publications of all time. So it has to be in, in the in here. But I do want to give a mention to issue 1763, which was the uh, 70th anniversary, 80th anniversary, sorry, um, of the of the character. No, what was it? Was it 70th anniversary of through 60th? Oh, what was it? I, it? It's sitting over there, but I can. It's, it's the back. 70 would be through. 48 what was to the number. One seven six three. One seven six three. Um, yeah, the 80th Brew's 80th anniversary. Oh no, the Phantom's 80th anniversary. Phantom's 80th anniversary. Yeah, so it was five years ago. And look, for for again, similar to what I said about the graphic novel, is for what it represents. But it was a cover. It was a, a book that we were excited to get. You know, we we actually yeah. recorded. Um, us opening it and feeling the embossed <laughs> cover for the first time, and um, as a chronicle podcast. Sorry? From memory, it was an awkward podcast. I think Stephen was, um, as he was running his fingers across the Phantom's um, body, <laughs> he was making a few comments, which was uh, a little bit awkward, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, the, and then what it contained was these um, eight stories from eight decades, from eight mm. continents or whatever it was, the, the conceit of it there. Um, and it worked really, really well. It was, yeah. it was through saying to us, hey, we're going to show you stories you've never seen before. We're going to show you stories that lots and lots of people have never seen before. Um, yeah, so again, it was a, a statement sort of a comic to go, right, here's what we're good about. Point. And so it needs to be needs to be brought up in this conversation, I think. That's, a very I think that's one of the things I've been doing well is putting things out there that a lot of people haven't seen. Yeah. Like people, um, companies like Hermes who are, who are reprinting stuff that everyone's seen, the, the dailies and the Sundays, they're doing it really, really, really well, like with the, with the great... Um, production and, and what have you, the hard covers. But to through, they're put, putting out all this stuff that just hasn't had people's eyes on it, for better or worse, haven't had people's eyes on it. Like mm. some of those Sparta stories or whatever they were weren't, weren't crash hot. But um, they, they're getting things out there, which is phenomenal. And I've just thought as we've been talking and um, you're talking about the big things, you know, a great thing and a um, not so great thing, you know, back at the start of the podcast or about midway through. Um, and I talked about the, the flip of the coin. Um, remember, they hit the nail on the head with the Girl Phantom annual, and we all thought that was fantastic. But I think it was the, the next issue, the very next issue was wedding one gifts. of the worst ones. Phantom Cowboy? No, it was the wedding, no, the gifts. wedding gifts. Oh, That's sorry, yeah, sorry, the next issue. Which after. had the Phantom on top of... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so it, 
Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, he went from this incredible high to this, what the hell did, were they thinking on that one? Um, for a bit of a low point. But um, if that's the only low point, they've, they've, they've done really, really well. Mm. Mm. All right. So we've spent a bit of time, obviously, you know, it's a retrospective issue. So we're going to spend a lot of time looking back at the past. But I guess it's time for us to play play um, soothsayer or, or uh, old man Moz, as he has come to be, uh, to the like or dislike of various people, um, and being able to see into the future um, and what is the next step for Fru. Now, um, like Steve on the last question, I don't have an answer for this one right now. Unlike Steve, I'm not going to try and talk my way into um, finding on. I'm going to listen to you guys first, um, and then piggyback on you as I as I think about uh, what could happen in the. Let, let's say um, they are around for the next five years, okay? Um, and we all hope that that is the case. Um, what is the next step for fruit over the next five years? What would you like to see them get to? Um, and and this, I, I know I'm changing the premise of your question a little bit here, Jermaine. Um, but where would you like fruit to be in 2026? You know, if, we, if we're going to say like a, a five-year time period, if, if by the end of the next five years, where will fruit be? Um, well, so, uh, Steve, what do you reckon? Well, hopefully that doesn't change the way I've worded my answer here. But um, I, I hope so too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Um, we've seen them introduce the, these other characters in Giant Size and we've seen some team-up episodes. Um, and we saw the Raven share the billing with, or the Phantom share the billing with the um, with Raven on, is it Oncoming Storm or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Upcoming Storm, yeah. yeah. Um, so the next step I see in regards to comics would be, um, and this would be a, a, a huge gamble, is to have these new standalone comics based on these um, characters like the Raven or... or um, um, the shadow. the shadow and Sir Falcon and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that, like they've tried with Kid Phantom and as we said, it's a brilliant thing, but people didn't buy it. This would probably be the same same deal. Or maybe they do what, you know, the big players do, DC and Marvel, and just have like a, a mini series. So like I just read the Nightwing Future State miniseries that was um, done by Andrew Constant. Um, it was a, there's two episodes in it. So, and I'm reading a Transformers slash Back to the Future crossover one. It's a four part miniseries. Maybe they do a, a little miniseries on the, uh, on the Raven or, mm. or um, Sir Falcon just to dip their toe in. They don't have to commit massively to it, but um, see if these guys can, can handle a, a standalone comic in today's generation like they did 60 years ago or whatever. So would you, Stephen, going on the back of that, would you do the Phantom in there? So that way it would appeal uh, to the Phantom readers as well? Because, like, I'm not sure if I would buy a two or three issue of The Raven. I probably would. But mm. if I had the Phantom in it, you I definitely, definitely would. Yeah. So you'd probably put the Phantom in either the, the first or second episode. Yeah, maybe. So that maybe way, first just try and hook you in, and yeah. then leave the the you know it's going to be a three part mini. Try and let him mm. spread his wings on his own. I don't yeah, know. yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Well, I will admit I've never thought of that. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Mm. All right, so in with the with the question being changed, it Sorry. will be. 
Um, <laughs> I would want the Fru crew or the Fru comic to be more than just a news agent comic. And I've said this before, but I really think that, you know, yeah, the majority of the readers, the majority of the buyers, so at a pure guess, I would say probably 70, 75% at a pure guess, probably get their Phantom comics from a news agent. News agents are dwindling. They're not, there's not one on every corner anymore. So I really think for Fru, the next step is to become more than just a news agent comic. And then on the back of that, I would like them to become more social media savvy. So or more current generation, I guess. Uh, no offense to the current guys. Um, so, you know, whether that's social media, whether that's comic, you know, continuation with comic exology, you know, what about little, um, like little cartoons or like what they did with the kid phantom or uh, web comics or, you know, things like that. What about a, um, you know, could a, could an app, could a through app work? And so they release a, you know, a page or even on their website or on their social media, could they have like a, a, a comic and then so they go, you know, page one is one day and then the next day is page two, the next day is page three. You know, just, there's a half a dozen ideas, but just something to be able to be, to be able to target and be more than just a news agent comic. And then on the back of that, even going one step further, to be able to do tie-ins with the Phantom, the next Phantom movie or the next Phantom TV show. So let's just say we get what we want and it's on Netflix. So could they, you know, have a story that, um, you know, the whatever the, let's just say there's a Netflix show and it's like Arrow, which we've talked about and we've all said that we will watch and stuff like that. Could they then release a comic that ties in with that? So could there be like a, a story zero or, um, you know, like could the comic be drawn in the same way of the characters that are in the movie or something like that? So that way the 21st Phantom looks like actor Zed who's playing the Phantom and Diana's looking like, you know, that girl and, and you know, Kitten and Louise look like them and it could be, you know, or, you know, it could be done by stills or, you know, actually stills done from the TV show in the comic or, you know, so just, I guess, yeah, that's if I had my way, if we're playing Nostradamus and we get all that type of stuff and it all happens, you know, like all that type of stuff could be cool if it all happens. So mm. that's where I would like to see through starting off with becoming more of a news agent comic and then, mm. uh, you know, I guess coming up with cool things. Mm. Well, I think that um, it's been very useful to listen to you blokes um, uh, have a think about what you've got because I've been taking notes the whole way through um, and, 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 and so much of what you've said I agree with. In terms of being more than just a news agent comic, like I'd love the idea of being able to walk into a bookstore in 2026 and there's a, um, a phantom section and you yeah. can buy the graphic novel, you can buy the trade paperbacks, whether it's at a QBD or a Dimmicks or, or any other bookstore, just that, you know, 
they're sitting next to the Asterixon and Tintin books, and um, I'm sure there's probably modern um, <laughs> comic books Marvel that are DC. Yeah. But um, you know, they need to they need to actually have yeah. that imprint there. They've got the product; they just need to get it in, um, and have that presence in in the bookstores. Um, you mentioned social media, German. I talked about that earlier as well, so I'm not going to go on about that again. But you know, five years from now, they've got to be getting that right because it's only it's only going to put them more behind if they don't. Um, and I guess the, the last one that, I, that I've sort of cobbled together from your ideas, and, and it hinges back to something you said earlier in the podcast, Jermaine, about um, Glenn Ford's role um, as, the, as the creative director of the stories. Um, and you said something about him being uh, akin to Team Phantom in, in, for Egmont. Um, I'd love to see that team grow and, um, and um, get a writing team on who starts to, you know, we've talked about that scattergun approach. Yes, they've had a look at all the different um, avenues they can take the Phantom. Maybe they do need a creative team who oversees, a, okay, here's a path we see the Phantom taking and it fits in with the news agent this way and it fits in with Team Phantom. And maybe there's a team up there, who knows, five years from now, that maybe Team Phantom and Fru collaborate a little bit more. Um, but to get a creative team that directs how they want Fru stories to go, um, and it would be important for me, I think, to have in as part of that team younger people as well. And, and you talked about that as well, Jim, earlier about the, the youth that's coming into Fru, um, so that there was a succession plan that became, started to become evident and you could see some long-term, um, you know, I, I would love to have confidence that Fru will be, as I said before, that I'll die before Fru do. Um, so... That would be that would be a way of making that happen too, heading down that path. That's a very good point, and it ties in with our next question. So, if you guys got the tap on the shoulder by the fruit crew, and they said, "Dan, Stephen, Jermaine, or whoever, we need you at fruit," what would you do? <laughs> Get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> What, from them or from your wife? <laughs> it would be my idea, but it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, what, you, you think she won't say yes? <laughs> he doesn't think he knows. So no. I, I, I guess it's, and we've kind of talked, and Dan, you talked about it then, so I'm assuming your answer is going to be um, very similar as what you said there as well. So you've kind of got the short yeah. term. So maybe we'll go as like, what would you do immediately? And then where would you take through? So, uh, Dan, you've kind of started there. So is there anything you want to add to what you've kind of already said? Uh, yeah, no, not well. Um, that would be, now that I thought about it, and honestly, that is something I came up with while, I, while you guys were talking about what you'd like to see in the future. So I haven't fleshed out my thoughts on that properly. But yeah, a, a writing team that sort of guided the, the creative direction of the character that Fru um was presenting and, and came up with their own storylines um like your sandal sings like your 22nd phantom so obviously not everyone's going to enjoy them but um but they they have they have a path an overall path for the phantom um, so you realize I, when you've just said sandal sing i'm going to have that picture of uh sandal and the phantom kissing yep. splashing up on the screen good good i'll just punch <laughs> <them> both sides <laughs> Um, so that'd be a long-term goal. Um, short-term would be about marketing promotion and super short-term. It'd be something as simple as, um, making the pictures on their website easier to copy and paste so that <laughs> local comic book stores, um, can copy 
the, the picture of the cover from the website and add it to their own website and sell it off their own website. Um, because it, that, that's something that is a uh, sand in the gears of a local comic book store who is trying to put through crew uh, through comics on their website. So that's an immediate thing. It speaks to promote marketing promotion and connection with local comic book store owners, which I talked about um, probably an hour and a half ago now, <laughs> but yeah, those, those would be the things I'd do if I was suddenly involved. Stephen. Um, I'd publish the, and I know that um, Hermes is about to do the DCs, but I'd love to see the, the DC Marvel Moonstone stories come into the through comic. Um, I remember sitting here a couple of years ago talking with Glenn. Oh, hang on, is this? <laughs> they do have a license to print any story, I think now, don't they? They, it, not they used to. I'm sure. I'm sure I've heard that on the um, on the grapevine. So it would be great to see the DC stories in there, the Marvel stories, the Moonstone stories, the stories that not everyone's read, mm-hmm. um, and, and getting them back in there. And that goes back in the in the theme I was saying before, like the, have those international stories that not everyone's read. How about these English stories that people haven't read either? Um, yeah. So that'd be great to see. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that my contribution would um, ensure that there's a new comic every week to fortnight. <laughs> so whatever I'm doing, that's my to help Dudley to make sure that there's a there's a comic there every week to fortnight. Awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you said help Dudley because for a moment I thought you were gunning for his job. No, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think Dudley's probably got one of the more thankfulness jobs thankless um now i will admit i actually in preparation for this question i actually asked my wife i said if i had the tap on the shoulder would you move to sydney with me and she said yes so um probably my biggest problem would be moving the phantom collection um but my wife did say yes so um so, through, I've had that hard question already. Um, I'm here when you need me. Um, <laughs> Consider this my application. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> she probably realises it's not going to happen. So, of course, she said yes to uh, you know keep me happy. Yeah. Like, so if I ever ran into if this, if I had a celebrity wish list and I ran into one, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, sure. When are you ever going to be? <laughs> So we now know Dan's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, getting back to the serious note. Um, so mine would be, I've got here get rid of the replica series, but I would change the replica series. Now um, on Phantom Collector the past week, I've done up a quick video of kind of like what a, a Team Phantom Men replica book looks like. I've actually got one here. Give me two seconds. Oh preparation so this is kind of like what it is here so you've kind of got a hard cover it's got a dust jacket you know and then it's got an article or two at the front which is you know very similar as what um we get by barry stubbersfield uh and then you've got the same format where you've got the old comic and then it kind of goes through there i would improve it slightly where um i would do something a little bit different but at the bare minimum, I would do something like this. And maybe hardcover might not be, but I don't know. I would improve it, make it a standalone series, and I would build on what Jim Shepard has done uh, in the sense that he's found clean reproductions of all these stories and that. I, For all the focus out there, I don't think we can just get rid of the stories because 
even if you're a new Phantom Reader, you will learn to love these stories as you get them, but they have to be done properly. Um, so that's what I would do. Um, I would print more colour. So this is from a short-term perspective. Um, and then even if you're doing like a Sunday, I would keep it as the full Sunday strip. And if needed, I would do it landscape. So say, for instance, you know, it might mean people have to turn the comic and stuff like that. But I just think doing it justice, unedited and stuff like that, I would at least try it. And then if it doesn't work, you can go back and stuff like that. But that's something that I would do immediately. Um, from a long-term long term point of view, I would do what we've all talked about, you know, improving the savviness of it, improving the website, improving, um, you know, social media, um, and just continually trying to be edgy. And I will admit, uh, Dan, I really like your idea of, of with Free Crew, without any of us, have got a great selective uh, creative team. They've got Dale McCanty, they've got uh, Duncan Munro, Pity Anderson, uh, Julie Didrich, you know, Mason. Andrew Constant, Paul Mason. So there's six or seven creators. And that's a great nucleus straight away or Andrew um, yeah Andrew Constance is one that I made mention so you could create your team through which you know which you've made mention as well and it's a brilliant idea um, just to be able to I don't know um, team Phantom and do a good idea but I'm sure there's other ideas that we could explore maybe have the Phantom visit Australia more often maybe have one of the past Phantoms come to school for a little bit in in Australia or something like that. So just there'd have to be a fandom that didn't get married that we could um, find an Australian wife for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, just, I guess to be able to, you know, they're, they're all brilliant ideas and I guess, and I guess just being able to keep the, the youthfulness as well is that we, you know, I'll lump even you into this one, Dan, is we are all kind of youthfulness, compared to the current free crew. So, um, you know, it, it brings another 20, another 20 years to free. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's a, a, a random uh, mess of five minutes of madness from myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that question, actually. Mm, that was good. All right. So that brings us back to the original question, which uh, Jermaine rushed to answer and Stephen declined. <laughs> Sat on the fence. Good test play, just we, bide your time and away. <laughs> Jeffrey Boycott up there, just uh, I'll see it through to Storm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Stephen, if we go back and, and consider the five years of through as we, as we have and we've explored every year in detail and gone back and, and all the rest of it, um, of the five years, what would your favourite year be? Um, still hard to say, but I'm, I can't remember if it's 17 or 18. The year that I actually got up to Supernova and met them and met you guys and you know in person. And that. So it was, I can't remember if it was 17 or 18, but I'm going with that one. Um, and it, it's hard. Yeah, so whichever year it is, that's the one I was. And both years are fantastic. Like 17, you got 36 issues, but you got a a stack of new um, ideas coming out in 2018 where there wasn't as many new ideas coming out, but there was a plethora of comics. So um, mm -hmm. whichever year it was that um, I got up to Sydney and, and, and see everybody, I'm, I'm picking that year. 
was twenty eighteen. <laughs> there we go. There you you go. just you just liked um uh, the shower moment that we had, didn't you? <laughs> well, the less said about that, the better. Um, you're sticking with 2019, Jim, I imagine. I am. Um, the stories were great. We kicked it off with the war annual. We had brilliant single issues like um, the Jam story, which was 1855, 1850, which was Matt Kimes' one, um, the Billy Zane cover, which was 1852. You had the Fru trading cards, which I've said is my ultimate favourite as well. And then... Um, uh, you know, you had the Kickstarter as well. That was fun watching the Kickstarter every day. And, um, you know, and on social media, we were talking about it and in a private chat with us and um, the creators. We were, you know, like edging, edging, edging. Yeah, we just did another pledge level and then we do another one. Uh, and, you know, 2019 was just a barrel of fun, um, <laughs> just with some cool items. And, and, you know, the stories were great. The issues were great. Um, so yeah, so 2019 for me. Very good. Well, 2019 for you, 2018 for Steve. And just to be cantankerous and, and different, I'll go 2017. Um, I, I completely understand both your reasoning, but for me, 2017 um, was the year when they threw it all out there and said, well, let's see what sticks. Um, and um, we just got the real understanding of what Glenn and Renee were prepared to do to try and explore the market. Um, Kid Phantom, I've said a number of times, is a real highlight for me. Um, but the, we also saw the first uh, trade paperback. We saw that the annual was themed. We saw the triptych covers, um, the release of cards and folders and sketch covers and it, it folios. It was just, you know, we saw a huge diversification and we really saw what through we're going to be all about. So you're absolutely right. By 2019, they were consolidating and doing that well, and they had rode that road in the middle. But for me, yeah, the, the real exciting year of my goodness, or look at all this stuff that's happening, uh, 2017 for me. Excellent. So we come to the end of the podcast. Listeners, what was your favourite year? Let us know in the comments. Hit us up on, on our socials, maybe Facebook, if, that, if we're allowed to have that again. Um, yeah, let us know what, what would you do if you were in charge of fruit um, for the next five years. Um, what else we got? Um, other things that we discussed. What was your top three mo- moments? What was something that you think they should have done better? What's their lasting legacy? Have a crack at answering these questions. Maybe when we put this post up in our socials, we might add the questions in just to have a go. Can give you some uh, a prompt. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll sort something out but at, at the very least let us know what was your favourite year and what would you do if you'd take over through let's start, over, start off with that um, of course you can always hit us up um, at our website chroniclechamber.com our email chroniclechamber at gmail.com um, our socials you search Chronicle Chamber you should find us um, and hopefully you'll be able to do that again on Facebook um, not Chronicle Chamber as, if you can't find us on there but Phantom Collector um, I think that one's still live, isn't it, fellas? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you're listening to us now, so either you've come up onto us by accident or you've subscribed to us on iTunes or Spotify or via apps like Podbean, Player FM, CastBox, Listen Notes, or you're watching us on YouTube, so g'day. <laughs> For those of you who are listening to this on one of those aforementioned um, podcast things, that was just me striking a pose. Right, yeah. 
fellas, it's been fantastic. It's before midnight, which means I get slightly more than five hours sleep before I've got to be up in the morning. Thanks. <clears throat> Thanks for joining us and happy fanning, fellas. Yep. Happy fandoming, everybody. And congratulations, Fru, on a big five years. Here's to many more. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, it's been fun talking about what you've done, um, enjoying talking about it in another five, 10, 20 years. Um, and happy fandoming, everyone. Happy birthday. 500 birthday. years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The man come. The ghost who walks. The man come. Enemies beware, the phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom.